This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. What is exactly going on with Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills? It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance in advance of a huge Week 18. Joseph, it is odd to me that the Bills are playing this well and Stefan Diggs has not been a huge part of it. Now, I'll give them credit for this. The wise thing that they have done is really run the football more and and have put more of a, a focus on that. But your best player on offense outside of the quarterback is a guy that I just think is one of the great receivers in the league. And to minimize what he has done over the last seven or eight weeks as they have, I mean, here's the number. Great job here by Evan uh, pulling this up. Uh, weeks one to nine. 70 catches, seven touchdowns, 800 yards. The weeks 10 to 17, 30 catches, 262, and one touchdown. Explain this to me how this is a winning formula, even though the Bills are playing better. They've won four straight, they've won five of six. They're doing everything they needed to do to turn the season around. I don't see any problem with anything because, as at the moment, I'm not under the impression that the plan moving forward is let's do everything we can to not get the ball to Stephon Diggs. They have found a way to win football games. That's it. The Bills were in a desperate spot. They were pretty much left for dead. They fired their offensive coordinator. There were questions as to whether or not Sean McDermott was coming back. Questions early in the season as to whether or not Diggs and Allen had some sort of issue behind the scenes. You have injuries to several key players on the defensive side of the ball. Matt Milano at linebacker, Tredavious White at corner. Several issues. Miami distancing themselves. Other teams in the AFC finding a way, and they were just left for dead. We talked about whether or not the Bills had missed their window, whether or not Josh Allen's overrated, all this stuff. Here they are on the precipice of beating the Dolphins, winning the division, claiming the two seed, and getting back into the postseason. If that's what ends up happening, you fast, you go all the way back in time to August and you say, hey, by the time we get to January conclusion of week 18, the Bills end up securing the two seed. They win the AFC East. What do you think? You'd be like, yeah, that doesn't sound like much of a surprise. Probably a pretty good season considering they're battling the Chiefs and Joe Burrow and the Bengals and all that other stuff. So it doesn't matter. None of this matters because you know what? There's a whole lot of tape right now that Miami and everyone else has to study regarding the Bills' rushing attack. And when you start creeping up to the line of scrimmage to try to slow down that rushing attack, that's where Allen's going to beat you deep with Stephon Dix. So you don't feel that there's a problem no. in the least right now? They're winning. There's no problem when you're winning. We have a tendency in the media to look for problems everywhere, and sometimes we find well, them. I'm, in Philadelphia, I'm not looking very hard when it comes to Diggs with what we've seen the last couple of years, and even now. What's the problem? Well, first of all, he's talking about a couple of weeks ago, the Chiefs are double-teaming me, and then Justin Reed comes out and says, "Mm, they're not double-teaming you. We were not doing that at all. And then uh, a reporter tried to ask Sean McDermott about Diggs, frankly, just not on the field nearly as much, and the Bills PR staff shut the whole thing down. I mean, something's going on here. Something's going on, and I'm wondering if it's going to blow up on the Bills. Here's the thing. They're playing very well, and you may want to just treat this as we're not going to mess with something that's working, and I get that. But I honestly believe you can't afford to take a guy 
that is a game wrecker for you and not have him on the field. Because ultimately, run games are meant to be stopped, and Josh Allen needs to have that guy on the field. Like, who else do you look at on their offense that really scares you? No one. He's the guy. This is my point. I don't think he has lost a step. I don't think there's anything to that thought. I know he's 30 years old. Do you believe for a minute that when we're talking about these kind of numbers in his production and a reduced snap count that the Bills are winning a damn thing without Stephon Diggs being a big part of it? No, 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 no. They're not going to go into the postseason, face the cream of the crop, and beat them all with Steph Diggs playing a reduced role. That's not going to happen. But I can look at that Jets game in week one where he was targeted 13 times, 10 receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. What does it matter? They lost the game. I can go a few weeks later over in London against the Jaguars, targeted 11 times, eight receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. They lost the game. All right? He wasn't the problem then. He's not a problem now. They're winning. They're going to find a way to get him involved. If there's something here where they just can't get him the ball, that's going to rear its head in the playoffs, and someone's going to kick him right out of the postseason. But for right now, when you've won four straight, when you've won five of six, when you're on the precipice of grabbing the two seed, I'm not going to search high and low for an issue. I think they're toying with some things now that they have a new offensive coordinator. I think they're trying to figure some other things out. Since the week 13 bye, Josh Allen's only completing 55% of his passes, three touchdowns, three interceptions. He's actually not playing that great, but no one's knocking him now, right? Early in the season when he's putting up bigger numbers, we're knocking him. Now we're not knocking him and his numbers are inferior. They're winning games. That's all they need. They've been able to use Charger games and Patriot games and games against these teams that stink. They're they're proving grounds. They're testing grounds. Figure it out because you want to be able to be buttoned up for a game like this weekend. And I think all this running they've been doing, good luck if you're Vic Fangio figuring out how to game plan for these guys. Because the moment you sleep on Steph Diggs and start thinking he's not a big part of the offense anymore, that's when they're going to crack you over the top. Well, here's Fangio talking about Josh Allen. This guy is... The new John Elway on steroids. And I don't mean he's taking steroids. <laughs> he's just bigger, faster, um, cannon for an arm, tough. You know, he's he's a dude. Now, uh, let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to flip sides here uh, on Vic and on Mike McDaniel, the boy genius. Look, Fangs was brought in at $4 million a year to fix their defense. How's that going? Not great. Not great. Banged up. I know. I don't know why Bradley Chubb's still in the game at the end of last week. All right. He's out for the year. Samian Howard banged up. Not the reason that the Dolphins' defense hasn't been very good. Dolphins' defense has been nothing that has scared me all season long or remotely concerned me. And then 59 points. That is a throttling. And then you lose Chubb at the end of the game. Joe, I'm getting a little tired of Mike McDaniel. I'm getting a little tired of the Dolphins' whole act because they can't beat a good team. And I know they beat the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. That's the Cowboys on the road, who we we have talked about, are a much different team than they are at home. This is a Miami Dolphin team that is a bunch of frauds. That's what it looks like to me right now. Two and on people, where are you right now? This guy is not the most amazing quarterback, as we have seen. And we have seen that when you don't have Tyreek Hill on the field, you're nowhere near the same team. So I look at the Dolphins right now, and I 
just am blown away by the fact that I was at one point supposed to take them seriously and was really buying into this. Because Mike McDaniel can walk around the sideline in his Air Force Ones all he wants and look like the cool guy, and we're going to make the jokes, and we're going to be on hard knocks in season and all that. Show up, genius. Go win a big game. And that starts Sunday. What about beating Dallas? Again, you beat them at home, and that's a game where the Cowboys on the road are not the same team as they are at home. We have talked about that. I know, but earlier in the show, you're telling me I got to treat the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender. Everyone's mad. I don't think they're a contender. You told me they're a contender. Then Miami beats them. Then it's like, well, it's not that impressive. I told you that they are a contender, that the only way they're going to get to the Super Bowl is if somebody goes and knocks off the 49ers. So they're not really a contender then if someone else has to handle the dirty work. The contenders do it themselves. Okay, if someone else has to handle the dirty work of taking out the Niners, then the Cowboys aren't a contender. What do we want here? From Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. I don't see a problem. I don't see a problem at all. The guy took over an operation. The quarterback looked like he stunk and that they swung and missed by passing on Herbert. They go 9-8 and eight in the opening season and they almost take the Bills out at Ralph Wilson in the wild card round with Skylar Thompson as their starting quarterback. 9-8. and eight. That's a good season and they got to the playoffs. So what happens? They come back this year and they've got big questions as to whether or not their quarterback can stay healthy. Quarterback's been healthy all year long. Was yep. in the MVP race for most of the season. The team's currently 11-5. and five. They got a chance to go 12 and 5 and win the division. Worst case scenario, they're 11 and 6, two wins better than last year, and they're going back to the playoffs for the second year in a row. What's the problem with McDaniel? The problem is all year long, I've been hearing about them being a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and I have seen nothing that would indicate that. That's more our problem and our manifestation than it is them. They weren't out there saying they're a Super Bowl contender. The media watched them beat Denver, a crap Denver team, by 50 points, and everyone said, this offense is going to revolutionize the NFL. We were out over our skis. We overvalued one game. They're good. They're moving in the right direction. Year three of Mike McDaniel, which is next season, that's when you can put the pressure on him. But in terms of hiring a guy, having a quarterback that was a huge question mark, getting these results over two years, Miami's done an excellent job. I don't care what happens the rest of the way out. Miami's moving in the right direction. Next year is the year we put the pressure on him. This year I, I view as a success. Tua proved he can stay healthy. The offense proved they can be very deadly. They need to take another step forward. Some of these things don't happen overnight. Some of them take time. I think three years is a reasonable time to build something up their offense it, it, it is a reasonable time but their offense has been proven to be one that can be handled yeah like early in the year because of that game I'm not going to disagree that we all jump to a conclusion that oh my god this is going to be the greatest thing that we've ever seen since really the greatest show on turf okay but I, I look at them and if they go and they're one and done in the postseason I, I'm sorry. I, I don't look at them as a big-time team. And I, I'll also say this. You paying Tua? They're going to have to. But are you doing it? Are you comfortable doing it? I'd say it's it's going to be interesting to see what those contract talks look well, like. Well, they got to figure that thing out. Yeah, that's going to be and a very fascinating part And they ain't going to get them on a Daniel Jones-type contract. That, it, like, that is a big thing moving forward into next year. And that is not a, you know – Hey, here's here's three years, and we'll see what can happen. You think Tua, Tua signed a three-year deal? 
Tua is not going elsewhere and getting the bag. His best move is to stay in Miami, and if it requires taking a discount, do it. Because that coach and Tyreek Hill are the reason why your career is where it is. You put in a lot of hard work, but you go take some deal to go play in Atlanta, good luck. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I quickly want to squeeze in a call here. Here's Curtis, who is in South Carolina on ESPN Radio. Curtis, what do you got, bud? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. I, I just, I need I need some things to, to, to make sense to me. So Josh Allen's not a pro bowler, and Stephon Diggs is our only weapon, but Cook made the pro bowl with having the third most yards rushing in the league. Like, it's not a problem that we can't get to Diggs we're using other things to do it. And I believe a point was already made very eloquently that what are you going to do when you know that we can now formidably run the football at you and you don't know what to stop because we still have Josh Allen. He's got over 40 touchdowns, but for some reason he's not a pro bowl quarterback. Because in the he NFL. turns the football. That was an eloquent point. Thank you. Thank you, Curtis. That, that it was an eloquent point that I made and you bringing it up and saying that only, only helps it. Thank you so much. Carlin is a bills hater. He's been a bills hater all season. He picked him to miss the playoffs. He hates Josh Allen. And all this is blowing up in his face. Again, hate is a very strong word. It's just what I see. It's there's hate. And there's objective. <laughs> yes, that's it. Hate and objective. That's it. And I'm objective. <laughs> Carla versus Joe ESPN Radio. It's it's not about picking losers in Week 18. It's really more about who's got the most gain by, to gain by losing. It's next. Carla versus Joe ESPN Radio Series 6M Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. Losers! That's right. Picking winners is easy. We need to give you the losers because it's just as important, if not more so. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And there are teams with uh, a lot to gain by losing this weekend. And that's what we're going to cover right now as we turn it over to our good friend Evan Wilner for a little Let's Pick Losers. Yeah, we got the... uh... 
Cardinals facing the Seahawks, the Commanders playing the Cowboys. Who needs a loss more, Cardinals or Commanders? Joseph, I'm going to give you the floor first. Commanders. Commanders are losing in. Losing in, meaning they get the number two spot in the draft. It's already been secured for the Bears at number one because of the Carolina pick. Commanders have no reason to go out and try and beat Dallas. They're an absolute joke of a franchise. They haven't been competing at all in recent weeks. Go out there. Your coaching staff's going to get fired. Figure out, is Sam Howell your guy or not? Because at number two, you're going to have an opportunity to either draft your guy or trade that pick to somebody who wants to come up and draft their guy, and thereby you'll be able to restart everything. Hey, man, you can't trade away Chase Young and Montez Sweat and get rid of those guys and then sit here and try to beat the Cowboys in Week 18. So just lose the game. Cardinals have been feisty all year. Might as well finish the season feisty. Yeah, I get it. Uh, My problem here primarily. Here we go. Yet another problem. Guy's got all types of problems. That's me. I got problems. <laughs> uh, you know, the Cardinals The Cardinals have two first-round picks. That's the problem. And what I mean by that is it's hard for me to justify saying that the Cardinals need to lose more. They're sitting at the fourth pick right now. You don't want to get muddled into that 5-6-7 range if you win this game. I, I actually, though, believe that Washington does have more to lose because... They're a franchise that has been wandering for years and years and years, a rudderless ship, and at times, the captain, who is gone, thankfully, swallowed up by the whale, uh, had been running it consistently (laughs) into some sandbars. A little Moby Dick. Yes, if you will. Uh, So, at this point, uh, this to me is signifying the start of a new franchise for Washington, so to speak, by getting the number two pick. So they need it more, uh, minus my analogies and metaphors and all that crap. Evan, next. Yeah, simple. I agree with you, Joe. would have done just fine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We would have moved that along nicely. Uh, The Bengals face the Browns. Titans play the Jaguars. Who needs a loss more, Bengals or Titans? Chris? Ooh... Here's my problem. I I think the Titans need a loss more. And, you know, I I get that if you're Cincinnati right now, why wouldn't you want to finish the season eight and nine as opposed to nine and eight? Like there's there's not a whole lot there to be. um, There's not a huge difference, but it's a difference. You'd end up with a better draft pick for me, Tennessee. I just don't think they're in a great shape overall. And if you lose that game, it's going to kind of ensure you're at least in the top six or seven at worst. I would say the Titans right now. And by the way, I got to make sure that my head coach wants to be here because I do think that's going to be an intriguing situation to pay attention to in New England. See, I'd, I'd say the Bengals. The, the Bengals have a bit of a gift here. It's the year where you were supposed to contend for the Super Bowl, but you didn't because you lost your quarterback. So as a result, your record isn't going to be as good. Embrace that. Embrace that. Get the best possible draft pick. How often does a legit bona fide Super Bowl contender get a high draft pick where they can bring in an elite talent? Now, there's still David Robinson going down. We're going to get Tim Duncan. Right. It's not necessarily that, but like the Warriors having that offseason. So they got the number two pick and they use it on James Wiseman and that didn't work out like. 
like there are swings and misses there, but this is that rare opportunity where the Super Bowl team has the bad year because of the injury, so take advantage of it. So so go lose this game. They're not going to, but go lose this game. It would be great for the Bengals, the highest possible pick. They can always trade back, get more picks, whatever. That team is so close. Adding a real difference maker with a higher pick could speak volumes considering the division they're in and what they're going to have to compete with next year. Next. The Broncos or the Raiders, they play each other. Who needs a loss more? Oh, my God. Wow. I, I Okay, so I'll say this. If you are not a fan of, Antonio, of having Antonio Pierce as a head coach and you're a Raider guy, then you need the Raiders to lose this game so Mark Davis can be like, all right, Pierce isn't the guy. If you want Pierce, you want to win this game. Right? Like the Broncos, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, they need high draft picks. I don't know. This one's a mess. Carlin, what do you think? I'm going with the – I, I think the Raiders need the loss more. Now, I don't necessarily believe that winning or losing this game is going to be tied to Antonio Pierce and what happens there. That's whether that's Interesting. Just whether, yeah. That's just whether or not Mark Davis believes in him and he feels like he might have made a big mistake two years ago with Rich Passaccia. You know, if that's the case, and Pierce, you know, Max Crosby came out and really laid out the case for him. I think the Raiders need the loss more to finish with a top 10 pick than the Broncos do. The Broncos are headed in another direction, clearly. So I'd go Raiders, sir. How about the Jets and the Patriots and Foxborough? <laughs> Carlin, you're going to be there. The call with Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN Radio. Coverage starts at noon. So, Jets or Patriots, who needs the loss more? Oh, boy. Patriots need the loss more. They need a quarterback. They need to be looking toward the future. And I, I think they have an idea that Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones are not the answer. I don't believe for a minute that Bill Belichick is going to be the one making that decision. Ultimately, I think this is his last game in Foxborough. I'll be surprised if it's not. But having said that, the Patriots right now are sitting at number three, and they cannot drop any further than this. For all the reasons you just laid out, the Jets need this loss more, okay? (laughs) The Jets cannot do anything to help New England's cause. The Jets already have a problem with the Bills. It's Josh Allen and that team being very, very good. The Jets have another problem with the Dolphins, Tuatunga Vailoa and that team being very, very good. It's good news for the Jets that the Patriots stink. It's good news that the Belichick era could be over. But don't forget that for the last two decades, Tom Brady terrorized you. Do not allow the Patriots to get anywhere closer to drafting Caleb Williams or anybody else that could help them out in their quest to rebuild that franchise. Do not go out there and beat them. The Jets have been very good at losing football games this year and pretty much throughout their entire existence. What's one more loss if it helps the big long game against the Patriots. All right, Evan and Handman as Jet fans in 30 seconds, what do you want to happen this week considering this could be Belichick's last ever game as Patriots head coach and they have beaten you 15 straight times. Yeah, I've said for weeks they should activate Rodgers just to win this week. They've lost 15 straight to the Patriots. Let's just end it. There would be nothing better. Who cares? After what what Bill Belichick has done to this organization for the last 25 years going back to the day he wrote on a napkin, Iris on as HC of NYJ. Nothing would make me happier outside of a Jets Super Bowl than to win this Sunday. Such low-level thinking. Win some meaningless game. Some meaningless game (laughs) that no one cares about. The Jets need to win it because we're all going to be so excited.
Did you see the way he just slid in there? You said that's low level thinking. It's low I'm a level Jets fan. thinking. Think, think big picture. Think about winning <laughs> championships, not beating some loser Patriot team. Handman. Uh, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I hope they get embarrassed and uh, actually Salah gets fired because I'm kind of out. I'm out on him. So. I'm with you. Oh I think that's God. smart. I think Salah's done a terrible job with this team. And I don't think there he's are, good enough in the coaching moments. There are a lot, a lot of coaches that had to deal with backup quarterbacks this year. I think Salah probably did the worst job of any of them. Would you agree? Like uh, the, the Steelers, the Bengals, there are backup quarterbacks all over the place finding ways to be competitive. And then there's this Jets mess. You're right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'm sorry, Robert Sala really did an awful job in running this organization this year. They were terrible this year. And it's not all on him, but good God, man. When you look at what some of these other organizations did with their backups and you look at the fact that these guys didn't compete at all, like get out of here with that. Having said that, Joe, we'll see you Sunday, 12 noon Eastern. (laughs) It is Jets Patriots right here on ESPN Radio for what could be Belichick's last game. It'll be me and Mike Tannenbaum and then Bears Packers 425 Eastern, Steve Levy and Max Start. Speaking of the Patriots, wait until you hear what the longest tenured Patriots player had to say about what Sunday means. That is right after Joe has this from our friends at Vivid Seats. Check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. That's a fan favorite right there. But where's really that is. from? That was from a couple months ago. I mean, time's flying. First Not even. That was like a month ago, maybe. month ago? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'll tell you. This is the thing you're going to get with me. You're going to get plenty of promos, and you're going to get them nice and quick. Like the beginning of the show today, when I inhaled a piece of foam from the mic screen uh, covering my microphone in the first mm, four seconds of the show and nearly died. I have never seen anything like that. You had a couple of days <laughs> off where you were handling some business. You came back. We saw you Tuesday. You're handling stuff Wednesday, Thursday. You come back Friday. We're all excited. We got lots of energy. We got a great rundown. And like instantaneously, you're choking. Your eyes are watering. I'm like, I've been talking to this guy for two hours this morning. He's been fine. The moment we go live, there's a full body breakdown. Oh, it was it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> and, it, and it is 
as you said earlier when we were doing our first show together, it was like a walrus shivering. And that's what every <laughs> single uh, bodily function that I try to withhold, whether it's a cough or whether it's a sneeze, that's what it turns into. And it's just, <laughs> just oh, God. There's wow. this. I'm not even making fun of myself because you know me. I'm a little self-deprecating. I'm not even trying to do that. Like, I'm just owning what I am. And and that kind of thing happens. And in me trying to cover up somewhat of what I am, it, it just comes out worse. There is this. It reminds me of this great stand-up bit that Tom Segura does. It's one of his earlier specials where he talks about how, you know, he and his girlfriend, now wife, they moved into a, a new apartment. And the bathroom is a lot closer to the living room than in the old <laughs> apartment. And he goes in. He handles his business. And he comes out. And he says she's standing there holding her keys, looking at him going, do you need to go to the hospital? And he's like, what? And she goes, I heard what was going on in there. Do you need me to take me to the hospital? Take you to the hospital? Are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. And she goes, oh, my God, is that is that what every time in there sounds like for you? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he obviously, Segura does it way better than I just gave it, you know, than my rendition, but my hilarious bet. I was laughing. <laughs> Carla versus Joe ESPN radio. Hey, uh, the Jets today voted on their most inspirational player. It's the, the I believe, uh, am I correct here, Evan? It is the Dennis Bird Award. Is that correct? I believe it is. I, think he's yeah, con- the, he, I don't think he heard you. The, the Dennis it's Bird. It's the Dennis Bird Award, correct? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. For the, the most inspirational player each and every year. You want to take a stab at who the most inspirational player is? This I year? got a feeling I know who it is. I'll let you say it. Yep. The guy who played four downs, Aaron Rodgers. What are we doing? The I most think- inspirational player because of how he's handled rehab. Can we do any more to kiss up to this guy who has done absolutely nothing here? And yes, I feel bad that he has gotten uh, injured. But every time I turn around, this dope is making headlines for the wrong reason. And this is now the most inspirational player we have. I love it. There's no other person it could go to. There's nothing else that team could do than that. It is perfect New York Jet football right there. Everything about it is what I want to see from the Jets. It's what I want to see moving forward. They have been a fascinating story. Because the thing with them is they're an organization that, much like the Chargers, I put in the don't take this team seriously category. There's a handful of them. You don't need to take them seriously. You don't really need to buy into anything they're saying. You can laugh. You can poke fun. That's what they are. And that's what they've been. And there's nothing that they can say right now to tell me I'm wrong with that. Because I'm not. They are a punchline in the joke and the eyes of many. Chargers are like this. The Jets are like this. Handful of other teams are like this. They're in the don't take us seriously category. So they come out and they say, yeah, our most inspirational player is a guy who played four snaps this year, Aaron Rodgers. He's been a huge talking point all year without playing. And you know what? I dig it. I love it. This is what I want. Because in the playoffs, what I want are teams I can take seriously, and that's football I want to watch. And for everybody else, I want you to keep me entertained. And the Jets keep me entertained at every single turn. I love this franchise, and I love the fact that he won this award. I I want so much more for people I love who are Jet fans. I really do. And I want them to be good. But things like this, it's just it, – it, 
kind of shows everything that has been wrong with him. I, my head's going to explode. Let's just get to the hembo. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the himbo hammer. All right. Let's find out how we're going to do right here. With Hembo, of course, he gives us a tremendous trivia question each and every week. Here we go. What's up, boys? Happy New. Here's your question this week. Which stadium has hosted the most playoff games in NFL history? Good luck. I can't even say what I'm thinking because I, I get know. kicked off the air. Happy New Happy new. Just well, first I think, of all, I think we're, hey, hey, don't I, I'd say this. Don't fall for the trap. This You're is right. a this is a You're trap right. right here. You're right. He's doing this to get yep, us to engage bit. in it. You, you're, we're we're better than this. Let's focus on the question. What is he asking? Which NFL playoff stadium has hosted the most postseason games? Correct. OK, well, well, let's listen to it one more time just to make sure there's no semantics here. Hembo style. What's up, boys? Why is he so Here's your question breath. this week? Which stadium has hosted the most playoff games in NFL history? Good luck. Huh. Okay. We're gonna now we're gonna give our answers on the other side. Yes. So we don't want to spoil the fun here. But you know he's trying to get us with the banana and the tailpipe right now, I think. Perhaps. I got one that comes to mind. It's probably the same one you're thinking of, so we need to we need to dig down deep here. The answer after Joe has this from our friends over at Granger. What's up, Granger? <sighs> for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer all your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. the answer to this week's trivia question oh i love trivia what's up boys it's hammer time this is the himbo hammer ah yes the himbo hammer it's carlin versus joe espn radio sirius xm channel 80 presented by progressive insurance your small business keeps you on the go so progressive commercial insurance keeps your policy within reach with our easy to use mobile app learn more at progressivecommercial.com Let's revisit the question from Hembo for this week. What's up, boys? Happy New. Here's your question this week. Which stadium has hosted the most playoff games in NFL history? Good luck. You know, the disgust with which I saw your face not once but twice with the exact same reaction uh, of a head shake when he says Happy New. It's not that. It's why is he so out of breath after the opening sentence? Take a listen. What's up, boys? Happy new. Here's yeah, just so it's like he's it's like, what did he get done running? It's one sentence. He's a yeah. professional broadcaster. Yeah. Did he did he just jet back in? Like, oh, uh, what's up, boys? Happy new. Yeah. It's like, but the, the, you don't have to give us the trivia. We like the trivia question. If it's that if it's that taxing on you physically, you know, we can move on. We don't have to do it. Exactly. All right. So what do you got here? What are you thinking? Uh. I think the obvious answer is Gillette Stadium, but I don't think that's the answer. Okay. Um, I think of a couple of different places. I think of... Is this uh, the classic Carlin shotgunning every option out there and then no, I'm I just, just agree present, with one? No, I'm trying to present a couple of options. And, you know, if I'm right, I'm right. First of all, Lambeau would come to mind. Uh, he did not say current NFL stadium, 
So uh, Three Rivers Stadium would come to mind. Uh, you know, how about, uh, you know, what was it, Cowboys, what, what, Texas Stadium in Irving? No, please, get what? all of them out. Get, get all of them out You're so the I can just agree with one. This, You're the that's worst. the problem with this question. He lists 20 every time, and then you just get to sit there, and it's like, yeah, I agree with your 19th selection. You're just you're the worst. No, no, no. I'm making it clear you're the worst. The discussion would start with you picking one, then me saying one, then we go back and forth and kick other options around. Not all right. Let me go ahead and lay out 44 options, and then we'll see where we go from there. My initial thought is Three Rivers Stadium. Three Rivers. Yeah, what do you think? So you were about to say Candlestick with the Niners, but it feels like they came on too long. I think you hit it well, with Well, that's another good one. I think you hit it with number two with Lambeau. Lambeau's been around from the beginning, and the Packers yeah. have been very good over the decades. The Favre era, the Rodgers era, the division has stunk for so long that they've had so many opportunities to host games. Gillette feels like the trap. I think you're right on that. If you take three rivers, I'll take Lambeau, and we've at least got two options covered. All right, let's go. The correct answer is... Candlestick Park. Candlestick oh! hosted 27 playoff games. Damn, nicely done, Hembo. Wow. Nicely done. Wow. The Niners were crap before Montana showed up, so I thought to myself, eh, I don't know, Lambo. Wow, Candlestick. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah, well done. Well done. He got us. He bested us. It happened. Well, I mean, you knew from the beginning he was out of breath. He put in a lot of work on this one. <laughs> the hammer gets us. Oh, my God. I'm glad this is back. I don't. It feels like we haven't done this in a few weeks. I don't think we have. It, it, it does feel like it. it you know what? It, it, it feels Ball. right. It feels right. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, <laughs> Sirius XM Channel 80. Speaking of Gillette Stadium, Matthew Slater, who is the longtime outstanding special teams player for the New England Patriots, a guy that's been a captain there for a long time, uh, somebody that has really uh, been one of the great leaders of that team. Well, uh, yesterday, our guy Kevin Winter, who does the pre- and post-game shows all over ESPN Radio Network, uh, talked to him for Sunday's uh, pre-game show, Football Sunday, on ESPN Radio, and asked him about what this week is going to be like, and Sunday potentially being Bill Belichick's last game as Patriots. Look, look, we understand the nature of the NFL. It's a very fluid business. You know, the one thing that's constant in this league is change. So I, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. The one thing that I've encouraged everyone around here to do this week is just enjoy the moments that we have. Uh, enjoy the moments in the practice field, in the meeting room, and, and take time to appreciate the past and the present of what has happened here. And certainly coaches uh, right at the center of that. So, you know, I know I appreciate it, and I know a lot of guys around here do. And, you know, we're going to go out and, and make sure we compete at our best on, on Sunday. You know, there's a little something in there. I mean, if you want to read into that, if you want, appreciate everything, um, take it all in. I think part of that is probably Matthew Slater being very close to the end of his career. And part of it is the potential that it is the end. I personally, I will be stunned if this time next week, Bill Belichick is still the coach of the Patriots. Agreed. That's what that is from Slater right there. That's wisdom. Yeah. That's that's veteran leadership. That's a guy speaking from a place of wisdom. You you rarely hear rookies talking like that because when you're young, you don't think like that. Taking everything in, enjoying the moment. Everything moves so fast. You're young. You're energetic. You got excitement on your side. When you're older, you understand. Look around. 
Take advantage of these moments. Try to drink them in a little bit. Appreciate them for what they're worth because they're fleeting. And that's a veteran who's been around a long time handing out wise advice. I don't know if he has any sort of insight or anything like that. I think he's just handing out some wisdom there. But I completely agree with you. It's going to feel very odd if we get to next Monday, late Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and the Patriots somehow announce that Belichick's going to be back and we're going to try it again. It's going to feel very odd. I wonder what the reaction is in both New England and nationally if that's what we end up hearing. Like, if we get the news, we're on air, say, Monday afternoon, and it's, hey, breaking news out of the NFL, Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, has announced Bill Belichick will be back next season. Like, are we just upset because we're expecting change and we want something new and we like the drama? Or... How else do we handle something like that? I, I wouldn't say upset. I, I would say surprised because I, I go back to what Kraft said in the offseason, that when they were at those uh, owners' meetings and you had Belichick say, you know, when he was asked about what would give fans confidence that you're going to be able to turn it around this year and be much better, and he said the last 25 years, and then he kind of regretted saying that. And then Kraft was like, well, you know, we've always been – about team achievements here. So we're not keeping Bill around, in essence, to chase Don Shula as, you know, the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. I think all of that packed into me is just what is going to find surprising to me about it. Now, would I be upset about it? No. If anybody has earned another opportunity, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, you can't ever make the case that somebody else... Uh, would deserve a chance over him to fix this and and maybe give another go at it. But my only problem is, who's picking the quarterback? Because the draft, he has to be willing to let somebody else run the personnel part. Feels like we've been talking about it for so long that if it doesn't happen, it's almost like a bit of a letdown, which yeah, is more on us than it is on anybody else, right? Because we're just kind of waiting for this. And I think we want to see what the next era of Patriot football looks like. Who's the head coach? Like, are you going to go with a guy like you've suggested for a couple months in Mike Vrabel? bring in someone who understands the Patriot way, or do you go in the complete opposite direction and try to reboot with someone new? Do you try to make the case for the number two or three pick and then go to the bears and offer them a monstrous haul so you can go up and get Caleb Williams and maybe put yourself in a situation where you find Tom Brady part two. I don't know. It's just, it feels like it'd be so much more fascinating for us, the fans, if if Belichick's gone, which is not the right way to look at it. It's not. And, and look, he will more than uh, have his time of appreciation and flowers, uh, much like Brady will uh, up there and has already started to, but, but there's no doubt that this is one of the more complicated times in the history uh, of an NFL franchise that has had so much success. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.